following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. It's a rainy night in Georgia. It's a rainy night here. And from basically what we're seeing in the forecast, it's going to be this way for a while. I will tell you up front exactly what we're doing today. The first hour will be a lot like it was yesterday. So many unanswered questions in the Titans' relieving of general manager John Robinson from his duties. We're going to get into that. Terry McCormick will actually join us around 440. Mike Vrabel earlier today spoke to the media, and we'll find out exactly what it is he put out there. Let's say hello very quickly to Watson Brown. Billy, if you will, turn me off. I got you, George. (laughs) Watson, you there? <laughs> I'm I'm there. Tell him to hurry up and get rid of the he's, coughs. He's drinking some water right now. Drinking water so now. We'll uh we'll just take a uh, little break. We'll see see uh, if he's good. Billy, I've been covering for the dude my whole life. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think he I think he's good now. So uh, that, but, that one will bring you back quick when I say that. <laughs> That was so low down. That was, that was <laughs> about getting somebody while they're dead. You know what? If I thought I could do this, I'd throw this water bottle at you. That was pretty low. I'll, I'll even claim that one. Good. I'll even claim that one is pretty low. <laughs> so, which is a lie, by the way. It's not true. <laughs> in uh, in a few moments, we're going to get down and dirty on what is going on here uh, with this Titan situation. We've got an update to start the show. Excuse me. Here, get, take, some got, more, take some more take some more water. I think Joe. I got the hiccups. This I'll is just, not good. <laughs> Let's get to the update here, Watson. Uh, I think he didn't throw the water at me there, Billy. He wouldn't have had anything to drink. Oh, man. Watson, let's start. We got a couple MLB deals here. Aaron Judge has agreed to a monster deal, nine years, $360 million. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, he's doing a little bit better than George right now. That gives him $150 million more million than what the Yanks offered him in the spring. So that's uh, that's what Judge is working with, the kind of money he's got right now. Uh, hey, Bill, uh, our, our man will be going crazy with this, won't he? I mean, the uh, Yankees, Perry. there was no way they were going to let him go. I mean, no. they got bundles anyway. They were not letting this guy go. And, man, I think he drained them pretty good. So let, let's think about this for a minute. He turned down, I believe it was seven years, 200, 
30 million. And so now he gets nine for 360. <laughs> so this little game he played got him an extra two years and an extra 130 million. I don't understand the nine year part. I mean, he's not going to be there nine years. I well, understand it. I got old? it. I get it, Billy. He asked for it. <laughs> so you're. Whatever he asked for, he got. He got. That's how he got oh, okay. How, how old is Aaron Judge? Why Why couldn't he be there nine? I mean, what he's percent? He's got to be these? low 20s, doesn't he? Low to mid 20s at highest. Aaron Judge is 30. Is he 30? Yeah. Nine's so, pushing it, but still 39. That's, this yeah. must have been a real sticking point to him. He wants to, to basically say, I want to do this one time. And if I'm going to stay with the Yankees, I've got a ballpark that is very favorable to what I do best. Yeah. yeah. He he does not want to leave that, that stadium, that comfortable no. stadium. Uh, Kenley Jansen, George, and the Red Sox are in agreement on a two-year $32 million contract that that'll bolster their bullpen. That was awful last that, year in I'm Boston. I'm not surprised at this. I didn't think at any point the Braves were going to go heavy on Kenley Jansen when they got Iglesias uh, at the trade deadline a year ago. It sure seemed to me like they were saying, okay, he's our closer of the future. Now, the big question is, what in the hell's going on with Dansby? Why has this gotten to this? I don't know. I, you know, I certainly talked to people about it, and nobody seems to know. That's a big old mystery. You got to believe it's coming soon, right? I mean, I mean, I would hope so. And I would think on the Braves front, you know, back-to-back years where you lose a Freddie Freeman and a Dansby Swanson, that doesn't look good. No. And Watson, I think you're onto something. It does feel a lot like the Freddie Freeman situation last year. I was just saying, this looks familiar to me. The longer it goes, I've watched a lot of these. The longer it goes, the more they're going somewhere else. Well, Von Miller, speaking of the uh, uh, of going somewhere else, he he may he may be doing that after this season at, with the Bills. Uh, he's out for the season, so ACL injury for Von Miller. He underwent exploratory surgery in Texas, whatever that means, yesterday, and an ACL injury was found in his right knee. Uh, the, Buffalo was hopeful that he'd be able to return this season. Yeah, uh, so, so is it as simple as they cannot go where it is they want to go without Vaughn Miller. Watson, if if you had to answer that question, what do you think? I'd say that's a big blow. That's a big blow. He is such a good playmaker, not just a pass rusher. Stripping balls, falling on fumbles. Uh, I mean, just – and evidently a really good locker room guy in a yep. leader way. Uh, everywhere he's gone – it's come out that he is that. Yeah. And uh, so I think this is a major blow to the Bills. Another. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Do you think they can win the Super Bowl without him? Because I don't think so. Yeah. I, I might lean on the opposite side of 50-50. I would have been 55-50 yes with him because I, I, I just worry about their running game and stopping the run. That's the two things they don't do well. But now I go 50, 45, 50, no, they can't. I don't think they can get the Chiefs now. 
He's and a that, game. That's he's what a, they're going to have to go through. That's the game. I mean, that's basically the game right there. It's the Chiefs. And Watson, you know it. You lose. Deal. You lose a game wrecker like that on defense, uh-huh. where you know one play, one sack can can win you the game. That's uh, that's huge, right there. Look so. what, what look what Harold Landry has done to our pass rush. Yeah, yeah. You can't lose that kind of guy, to, in my opinion. Not not mm-hmm. a pass rusher and a playmaker. Just creates things when he's out there. Landry did the same thing. He'd bat. He'd knock a ball down. He'd strip the quarterback. He did, he was a playmaker last year, and we miss him big time. Mm-hmm. Well, the Jags might be missing Trevor Lawrence this uh, this weekend uh, during the second quarter of last week's loss to Detroit. He was he took a huge hit uh, from James Houston. He grabbed his left leg. Looked like he was in a lot of pain. Uh, and Doug Peterson has come out and said that he's day to day now after suffering a foot injury uh, on that play. So that'd be that'd be a pretty good help for the Titans uh, if they uh, are able to see C.J. Beathard instead of Trevor Lawrence. Oh, that's well, now, break. hold on a second. We do not take shots at Battleground Academy <laughs> graduates. Don't go there. I knew oh, so. we don't. Okay, I'm going to remember that one. Yeah, that's – since when did, is that the only thing you don't take shots at? Is that it? We put that over in a corner by itself, and <laughs> you, you, Boy, I don't you see are. many things you don't take shots at. Boy, so I mean, you are you are in mid-season form today, aren't you? <laughs> wow! Put BGA so, over here in the corner. Don't take it. All kidding aside, well, there. First of all, they're a family I know really well, and. Um, they are really good people, and they went through something a couple of years ago um, that's just unspeakable. But anyway, if it is C.J. Beathard, um, I'm not saying that I want his team to win, but I will say this. I hope he has a hell of a game, and they lose. That's the right way to say it. That's the, that, that came out George Plasterish. Um, but that's you're right. I hope he does too, because I, that family, I don't know them. You've talked to me about them and incredible that people. That was awful. Just yeah. nobody wants to go through something like that, man. Nobody. Oh, uh, and credit for CJ kind of sticking with the game. I mean, he's still in the league and you know, he, he was a great player at Iowa, uh, and he's kind of found himself a backup role. So, uh, we'll see what happens Sunday. Trevor Lawrence, uh, status up in the air. George, last piece here, Jeff Brom is going back home, and he's going back to Louisville. They're finalizing the deal to make him their next head coach. He's expected to be for six years and $35 million, that, that range. Um, he played at Louisville, and I oh, didn't even listen, realize. I didn't realize real that. good player. Real good player. And look, the Brom family is the first family of Louisville football. And, George, I came that close, I thought, of getting him. I was in that home twice, or we were in that home twice was when I was at Vanderbilt. Vandy? To bring him to Vandy, okay. and I think he mm. was really intrigued with the thought of it. And and I just knew at the end because it's his family was so Louisville. But Louisville wasn't in the ACC then. It was a little different Louisville at that point. And we're SEC, and I can't I, – I, they may have been Conference USA. I'm not real sure what they were in at that point, uh, but – but man, I I wanted him bad. <laughs> how do you think real bad. Per, How do you think Purdue feels about this? Is this a look? I, I think it'll be home. Home. 
I think it'll be better because he turned it down once and stayed. And I think this second go around with at home and where he played and the family background, I think that they'll be a lot better with it this time than the first go around myself. And he's done, Watson, you think all he can really do at Purdue? I mean, I think he knows that. Yeah. And he's given them all he's got. And honestly, he got them to the, he got them to the championship game this year. So I don't know that he knows he can do any more than that at Purdue. I would bet you Purdue is disappointed, but I don't think this time they would jump at him if he goes. How about the upgrade for Louisville? Satterfield, I mean, I'm not ripping on trying yeah, to rip on that. Yeah, they should have hired a two Louisville needed the first go around, and they wouldn't be where they are today if they'd gotten Jeff. Jeff is a really good football coach. Yeah. You want me to throw just a made-up rumor that comes out of my rear end? Oh, yeah. You, well, you've got a few of those, so let it fly. <laughs> um, Jim Leonard, who I'm a big Jim Leonard fan. At Louisville? Wisconsin, no, at Purdue. Purdue? That'd be a great hire. I'm with you. That would be that'd be a Thank good fit. That, I'll have another little that, swig that, of water that, on that one. You, <laughs> that, George, honestly, that was good by you. I'm surprised. Wow, yeah, that, was, that, that was that was really me. good by you. I agree with that one 100. That agreement and a dime will get you a cup of coffee. But I agree yeah. with you on that one. Watson, I want to ask you this. This is sort of a personal thing. Oh, Have gosh. you ever seen the 30 for 30 that involves uh, the NC State players who won the 83 national title? Oh, yeah, more than once. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? Yeah, it's, it's a great 30 for 30. One of the best. I got to live that moment last night with the, the group, the 1988 group that will be honored tonight at the Vandy Pitt game. This involved Will Purdue. Barry Goheen, uh, Barry Booker, uh, Droud. Droud, Scott Droud was there, um, Eric Reed, Steve Grant. And when I got there, it, it, it was very nice. I, there was something happened at the beginning of it that was very personal when Scott Droud just said, before we get started ripping you, you did an unbelievable job at Coach Newton's, uh, you know, as a eulogizer. It was very nice. But that was followed by three hours of, if we'd had it on tape, exactly like that NC State thing. Moments, uh, you know, funny stuff. Um, thank God it wasn't recorded. It was an unbelievable night. I don't know that I've had that much fun in a long time. That's what sports is about. For us who do this for a living, uh, you know how it is, Watson. If you got a group of your former players mm. in a in a restaurant private room, can you imagine what that would be like? And it would be everywhere I've ever been, every team I ever had. I mean, that's what that's what sports gives you guys, and we've all been there. But I was that was my career, and I'm telling you, sports is relationships. It's, it's, it's relationships, memories of relationships. And, and, uh, the best friends I've ever had all came from this business and players that are now friends, players of, of, that I played with everything. I mean, but it's what it is, George, it, the, what you go through is so demanding and every day and up and down 
that the, the, the friendships and the relationships you build through it, there's nothing like it. And I've always said this. I was very lucky. People that played and, and ended up in me being a coach, uh, it, I was special because the normal guy, the normal student doesn't get that. Now, that didn't make me better, but it, it gave me something they couldn't get the same way. And, and once you get that, man, that, that's what you leave with. It's not the wins and the losses. You, they talked about wins and losses last night, I promise you. But it was story. It was relationships. Oh, it was. And, and that's what the normal guy just doesn't get the opportunity to do. Without giving away anything, I will admit to this one thing. It was unanimous that my golf game sucks. Well, gosh, that came up. I heard uh, my favorite part about it is uh, CM knew there was nobody CM liked to pick on more than George. <laughs> well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> oh, even his own son said that uh, about a year ago to me. Listen, I know we got to go to the break. When we come back, we're going to kind of Watson and I are going to kind of go through this whole John Robinson stuff again. Terry will join us around. Uh, 440, 445 to talk about Mike Vrabel's press conference. My guess is that Vrabel has done a lot of tap dancing. We'll find out next on Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. You know, one of the things that I guess I've learned over the years in in being in sports media for a long time is that what when you get a story like yesterday with John Robinson's firing, that there's certain things you think about on that first day when you go on the air. And I, I want to think we did an okay job yesterday of trying to discuss different aspects of this story. But given 24 hours to think about what all has gone on, Watson, I want to fire a few things at you and see what you think. Okay. The first, to me, is an obvious. If Amy Strunk thinks that she's just going to do this and that she's not going to be forced at some point to get a little more transparent about what's gone on, it is it isn't going to work this way. Well, these owners, George, in the NFL are different than anything that I've seen in, in sports. Um, they're harder to get to those people than anybody. Right. And they are. They're, they're really hard to get to them. They hide. They don't think they got it. It's, they don't owe anybody anything. Right, they, can what I want. they can get away with it. Yes. And I'm not sure that they'll get to her. Mike may have to be the uh, buffer. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit later. But I'm yeah. not sure they can get to her, George. She might make a statement. But to put her in front of a camera uh, and answer uh, questions from, uh, from everybody sitting there, I don't think that day will ever come. Well, I'm not saying that. I think she's going to have to pick somebody that she trusts and let a little more info out. Watson, if you try to connect dots, okay, here's one that came up that, that I've been told about. As recently as February, she attended a juvenile diabetes uh, dinner that is near and dear to John Robinson's heart because he has a child who has juvenile diabetes. And so as recently as February, she could have used the excuse, look, I live in Houston. I can't do this. 
but she obviously had good enough feelings about John Robinson as recently as February to be with him at that banquet. And at the end, not that it's any of my business, made a very nice contribution. First of all, I like Amy. I don't know her very well. I've met her, um, I think, twice in my life that I've met her. Uh, she seems like a very classy person, but I think she's going to have to get real about this, and she's going to have to let a little more info out here than just this statement saying, we've parted ways, and the words in the statement are relieved of duties. Well, I mean, yeah, he's fired. <laughs> he, he got fired. I don't know that the that the uh, A.J. Brown thing went down in February. I think it was later than that. Oh, it, it absolutely was. It was so right I, that, that right. Wouldn't, that wouldn't have been added onto this pile right. just at that point. So I'm not sure. I'll I'll throw on top of that. I'll throw something. Out. I'm not sure there wasn't a blow up somewhere that we just don't know about. Between whom? I'm not sure. It might not have been John and Mike. And there was a blow up here uh, just here recently, where Mike just went after him finally and said, what you did just ruined this whole year or blah, blah, blah. And then John jumps back at him and I wasn't anything I could do. I I'm guessing got the, you're the one that gets the info. I don't get it, but I'm guessing. I just don't, I just think there might've been a blow up at some point that Miss Amy had to get in the middle of and take a side. Okay. George. So, and so I, just, me, I wonder, I just wonder that because she's not one on her own to go do this. She didn't do this on her own. She didn't fire. She didn't bring John in and then fire the football coach. John, I promise you got in her ear and said, we need to make a change because, and then he brought Mike in. That's just not her style. In my opinion, Now you can correct me because you know, I don't know her at all. I'm just looking on the outside. But I just wonder if there hadn't been finally just a blow up, okay, between John and Mike a little bit, and so. But isn't that is. almost to my point? That Maybe what this does: the longer that she doesn't give you any info other than you know this formal press release, the longer she doesn't give you anything, it allows idiots like me to start speculating. Now, do I believe that? What you just put out there is a likely scenario. Hell yes, I do. The, this, the trying to connect the dots, she has seemed to have a very warm relationship with John Robinson. Okay. And I'm not totally blaming Vrabel here because the fact of the matter is John's last three or four moves have absolutely boomeranged in his face. And so it's left Vrabel saying, I'm playing coach with my hands tied behind my back, and here's the perfect scenario. A guy that I have this warm embrace with before the game goes out and buries me. And I, I, I can't totally blame Vrabel for whatever his role is in this. And by the way, I don't think he's going to tell us anything. Well, and I think no. he's going to tap dance. He's the one, oh, talking, yes. to the, he's the one talking to the media today, not right. Amy Adams strong. No. And I understand that that's a regular, whatever the Wednesday thing is they do. Right. And, but you know, he'll I, try to talk about 
you know, short yardage situations. And all anybody gives a damn about right now is, Mike, what went on here? And I don't think it's necessarily fair to him no. that he's the only public spokesman. She needs to speak soon. She does need to speak soon. Good luck. Well, I don't think it'll happen. I think what it opens all up, you will get out of her, all you will get out of her is a statement, a written statement. That's my come. That it was, okay. but it's going to be generic. It's going to be, it was just time. It was, it was, if we're going to take the next step, I didn't feel like we can do it with where we are. You're going to get a generic statement and it'll, and it won't be out of her mouth. It's going to be handed in a written form to everybody. That's what okay. I, she's Let already done go, that once. Right. Let me go a step farther with this. I believe that national media, local media, whatever, within a week, we'll have a lot more of what probably did go down than we have today. Just because if you give media long enough, even idiots like me sometimes find a blind hog or whatever they call it, blunt, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. We're going to find out some things, whether she tells us or not. And I think she's better off just going ahead and saying, hey, I'm going to give you some parameters of what went down here. Name me an NFL owner that's done that. They'll do it later after the fact, but they don't do it. Yeah. It's not the style. Well, and what uh, it does, a, a university, you. a university, George, is a different world. They nearly have to. Uh, right. But, but the NFL, they, they're hidden behind their boss in the, within the league. That's the way he operates. I mean, I'm telling you. I don't think we're going to get anything and they'll just let the speculation fly. I just believe that there's a lot more frustration behind the scenes than we even realize. I think they thought they knew last year they had a true shot and they blew it. I think they thought they had the same shot again this year with this team they had. And the team's not as good as what they thought. They're, they're one in five against winning record teams, one in five. And they've got a lot of holes that all of us can see. We can see them, and they see them. Very and obvious. they see them. I think they're frustrated as they can be because they know windows are short in the NFL, and they know their time's running out with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and, and certain guys like that. Taylor Lewan's probably done. Uh, the guys they thought were going to be their guys – for whatever reasons, it hasn't worked out. And and uh, they're still there, but they know they're not near as good as they were a year ago in their minds. That's what I think the frustration is, George. Okay. I think they know they're not as good. Let's say that I believe that the scenario you threw out there is probably better than 50% that something like that happened that Vrabel got frustrated and said to Robinson, you are killing me. You have cut my legs out and you've done it. I don't know, without my knowledge, I didn't know, you know, I, I would never have let AJ, I, I don't know how much communication they've had, but, but to believe that Vrabel may have said you are taking my legs out is highly likely. Okay. But what I'm saying is, 
stuff and they get pissed off when you don't report accurately. But when you don't give anybody any info, you open yourself up to idiots like me <laughs> conjuring up scenarios. I don't, I, I'm not, I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, I don't think she's going to do it. That's all I'm saying. I don't think she's going to do it. I think she's going to sit back now and let it be. Let Mike handle it the best he can and get through it. Uh, these these owners don't do it. They don't well, do it. I think that's one of the things that will cause her a little bit of a PR problem here is it allows people like me to conjure up scenarios that may or may not be true, and then they bitch and moan when they say, well, you weren't accurate. Well, well how, how far does she have to go in your mind? She's already said, I don't think we can do it the way we got it set up. We got to make changes. We've okay, got, we've fine. come a long ways. Well, what, how far has she got to go? Is she, does she have to tell you when they got at 10 52, the Mike and John got no, an argument? No, I don't, I don't there, see there why she has to, honestly, general... George, I don't see why she has to say any more than she said. Because I didn't like the direction up, we're going, Watson. Because it opens up the ability for idiots like me to start making anyway. up scenarios. It's and, going to happen anyway. Yeah, but let me ask you this: If Vrabel had nothing to do with it, which I don't believe, well, Terry, but if he did, Terry just tweeted. He said Vrabel said he was informed of the decision to fire Robinson and was not part of the evaluation. Yeah, I don't believe that for a minute. So we can ask Terry about that. Yeah, I don't believe that for a minute. But here's the point. Let's say he told the truth on that. The fact that they're not putting out any more information allows me the opportunity to say, well, I think that's a crock. I think that's a pile of crap, and I don't believe it. And yet, in fairness to Vrabel, what if he is telling the truth? I think he probably I think he probably is telling it. If he said that, I can't imagine him just lying. Well, uh, Terry, that's a big statement to me. I didn't expect yeah. that out of his mouth. Terry is in the on-deck circle. Can't wait to talk to him in about three minutes. This is stuff you're going to want to hear on Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier your skin.
It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome, used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Well, a little more than 24 hours after John Robinson's firing, Mike Vrabel has talked to the Nashville media. Terry McCormick was a part of that session. Terry will skip the Aaron Judge other than to say congratulations. Nice hat. What did Vrabel say? Well, Mike was asked a lot of questions about it, you know, regarding the timeline, regarding the timing of it, regarding really – you know, how it all went down. And uh, he didn't impart a whole lot. He said that uh, he was informed of the decision. It wasn't one that they asked for his input in, is what he said. And that uh, then he had to uh, have a team meeting this morning and discuss, uh, you know, kind of where they go from here uh, after the firing of John Robinson. Terry, obviously there was tension in this particular meeting. Was he asked, do you feel like John cut your legs out with the moves that he made? Well, he was asked, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, how much roster control was he satisfied with the roster? And, you know, for the most part, he dodged those questions. Didn't really give a direct answer, you know, much like he's has been when he's been asked questions that he didn't, didn't want to answer in other scenarios. So my guess is by not answering it directly, you know, he didn't want to throw, 
John Robinson under the bus on, you know, publicly or anything. But my guess is that uh, he probably didn't completely disagree with Amy Adams Strunk asse- Strunk's assessment that the roster needed some upgrades. Do you believe what he said? I think he was being very guarded with what he said. I'll just leave it at that. I don't know that, you know, I don't think he intentionally told us anything that wasn't true, but I think that he was very guarded with the words that he put out there in terms of his assessment of the situation and uh, how, uh, you know, how it was handled. Terry, I've brought this up to Watson and, and, and I'll get Watson in on this in just a second. My belief is that until somebody is a little more transparent about all this, what it allows is goofballs like me to start conjuring up scenarios. Watson conjured one up earlier that I'm pretty certain uh, likely happened, which is there was some sort of dust-up between Vrabel and Robinson where Vrabel at some point said to him, you're killing me. These deals are hurting my ability as a coach to compete at the highest level. You know damn good and well that's happened at some point. And until they're a little more transparent, it allows people like me to rampantly speculate. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, uh, you know, I think there probably were, you know, plenty of disagreements between the two in personnel matters. You know, they're, you know, some questionable moves that have been made with this roster over, especially over the last two years, uh, 2020 and 2021 in particular. It's a little, a little early to start, uh, you know, casting aspersions at the 22 draft class, but I'm sure that there were plenty of disagreements over how the 2020 and 21 draft classes panned out for the Titans because there is precious little contributions from either of those classes on this roster right now. So you know they couldn't have been in harmony over the way that played out. So A.J. Brown torched them on Sunday, which is really not a big surprise given the state of their secondary. You witnessed, I, I was out of town when the whole thing went down. You have claimed that Vrabel looked furious when he found out about the A.J. Brown deal. Was he left out of the decision-making of that move? I don't know that he was left out of the decision-making because they were all in there in the war room together, including Amy Adams Strunk, when they decided to make the trade and move on from A.J. Brown. But I do think that Mike Brabel was clearly, you could tell from the picture that the NFL Network had uh, the video from the war room as they were going through the process of completing that deal. You could tell his displeasure. There was no denying it. And that come about a week or so after Mike Vrabel, uh, I think, went on the Rich Eisen show and said, A.J. Brown will be a Titan as long as I'm the coach, or, or words to that effect. Watson, your witness. Terry, did you get the feeling, because that's what I'm getting from listening to you, that when you don't defend something or you kind of just go away from it, uh, it's leaving it to people to say, well, he was for this or he he sure wasn't against it. Did anybody in the press conference just ball face ask, Mike, did you try to stop this? If Miss Amy came in and we're going to make a change, did you try to stop it or did you just let it go or did you not comment at all? Did anybody directly ask him that question? 
No, that's one thing he wasn't asked was whether or not he tried to stop it or it, whether or not he had the power to stop it, which, uh, you know, he, he indicated that it was Amy Adams' strunk decision, her and the ownership group, that it was their decision and their decision solely and that they informed him of what they were going to do. Yeah, and I, I too, that's knowing Mike's personality, Terry, that's just hard for me to see him sitting there and not – at least trying to stop it and talk to her about it and just saying, Oh, okay. And walk away. That's the way he's making it sound like it went down, which is poppycock. Right. And I, that's where I have the, the issue to me is still got question mark by it because where does Mike stand? It's going to be easier for Mike. And I'll bet you this is what he did. He stood up there and said, man, I'm really proud of what John did for us while he was here. We've come a long way, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't address the issues at all. And that, that to me, is basically saying, I'm washing my hands of this. I, I don't want any part of it, even though I might have not tried to stop it. I'm not saying that, but I'm just washing my hands of the whole deal. That's what it sounds like he did today. Yeah, and that's kind of what he has to do because as much as he you know, may or may not have had any involvement in this, he has to, you know, remember, he is still now charged with even more responsibility uh, of getting the most out of this football team because he's probably going to have his hands in personnel matters even more. So he still works for Amy Adams Strunk. So, therefore, he has to toe the company line in some regard. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, but I just like at some point, maybe you'll get a chance, but just to say, John, Mike, did you try to stop this? Did you defend John? Did you ever take time through all this process and defend John or where did you stand on it? Right. You know? And one other thing I wanted to ask you, Terry, that I brought up to George earlier was I think there's been a locker room issue with this that hasn't come out. I think when they were all, this was a big year. Everybody thought this was going to be another year of having a shot at the whole thing. And then when this came out that AJ was traded and gone, I think that is looks to the locker room like they're not committed to getting this done, to not keep this guy here. And I'm not sure that locker room didn't get worse after that embarrassment Sunday and that they just felt like they had to do something because – and Mike's trying to control that team. I think he's had to go in there and say, we've made a change, we're – we're going to do everything we can to make us as strong as we can be the rest of this year. All of you all pull your pull the rope and you pull your part in this deal. We're going to try to improve this team even in the next five weeks. I, that's the one thing I don't think has been talked about much is the locker room. And I think the locker room, if I was a player in that locker room, it would have really upset me to let A.J. Brown go. I think you've hit a huge issue there. It's a lot like a team contending in baseball at the deadline, selling off and everybody going, what the hell? Go ahead, Terry. No, I think you may be onto something there because, you know, that locker room chemistry is something that Mike Vrabel cherishes above just about anything else when it comes to football because he's yeah. been a player, played in the league for 14 years. He's been on teams that knew how to win, but on a few that didn't know how to win. And so he knows the difference, and he knows how delicate that can be. And when you remove a guy like A.J. Brown from the roster and you don't set about replacing him with an with a equal caliber player in his place, it does send a negative message to the locker room. And I think that 
you know, maybe what happened in Philadelphia, maybe it was just the final straw. Yeah, I'm not sure, Joe, that Terry, that isn't something we ought to all look into because I'm telling you, if I'm sitting there and I'm a big-time player and we got a chance to go to the Super Bowl and you take that guy out of our locker room and you replace him with a rookie, I'm telling you, it would have upset me now. If I'm Ryan Tannehill, it would have really upset me. Terry, let me, let me ask you this question. Because the scenario that we are being led to believe is that likely she went home, I guess, whether it was Houston or Nashville, pissed off about the way they got clobbered in Philly. A.J. Brown torching him certainly is, you know, a storyline that's huge in this. Do you think there were any discussions between her and John Robinson on Monday or was this simply on Tuesday, all hell broke loose in a phone Hon call? Honestly, I don't know. But, you know, it's interesting that she waited until Tuesday to do this. You know, the same thing happened when Ken Wisenhunt was fired, when, when she let him go. She let it stew for one day on Monday before firing him on Tuesday. So it may be that that's just her style to try and, you know, gather the facts as she sees them and to – take the, the time that she feels necessary to make this move. But I don't think she entered into this lightly because you got to remember John Robinson had control of the entire organization up until yesterday. And when he lost control, lost when Amy Adams Strunk took that away from him, that is a bold shift in the power structure of this organization. Okay. Let me try this one on you. Now I'm a person that's been a part of media since I was young and thin. Well, that was a nice line, Watson. I thought you'd like that. And I probably have more confidence in people's reporting skills that might be me defending, you know, what it is I do for a living and what others do. Terry, I believe that within a week, somebody is going to get what really went down here so why not in her case try to beat it to the punch and and give us a little more so that people like me and Watson don't sit here and just come up with all this stuff? Well, yeah, that's a good question, but that doesn't seem to be the way that they do things around here. They're not very transparent with a lot of different things. And so that situation just kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hidden away unless somebody uncovers it and then, then the accountability comes, it seems like. Do you believe in the next week we'll get a bunch more? Oh, she's... Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Terry, I can hear the commotion in the background. You've been awesome to do this. Great reporting. And uh, congrats. Don't wear that hat again. I will have it on again tomorrow, George. I'm sure you will. And for weeks to come. Okay. We thank Terry McCormick. Uh, that was, I guess, an elongated Daily Titans update. Yeah, How man. That? How about these Daily Titans updates Ooh. past couple days? Yeah. Uh, the Justin Tucker team, as well as Sumner Funeral and Cremation, bring you the Daily Titans update. First, Justin Tucker, they are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset. The Justin Tucker team, they are Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. Also, Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Now with two convenient locations in Gallatin and Hendersonville, also online at SumnerFuneral.com. 
Stat of the day is next. Then we'll be joined by the the head man of the Music City Bowl, Scott Ramsey. It's Kentucky and Iowa on New Year's Eve. Later in the hour, we'll get Mark McGee's perspective on the surging Nashville Predators. It's nice to be able to say that. This is Main Street Media Television. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Walmart supply chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match, flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts and free Paramount Plus, paid time off, and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here text JOIN to 240-240. That's JOIN 240-240 to apply now. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hey everyone, I'm John English. This is Keith Wallace. And we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes, and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for the 5 o'clock hour. It is brought to you 
by Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic. They've got everything you need whenever you got a sports injury, sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. They've got the equipment that you need to take care of any patient in any circumstance. Their mission is to provide high-quality, specialized orthopedic care in a compassionate manner to the people of Columbia and Middle Tennessee. Visit them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. Okay, before we start this, I want to say a huge thank you to Scott Ramsey because he has juggled his schedule around basically to help me uh, so that I can do a couple of things uh, today that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So, Scott, first of all, thank you for the juggling. I really appreciate it. No problem, George. Always look forward to the conversation. So what have your last 48 to, I don't know, 60 hours been like? What has that been like? Yeah, I would even expand it. I, I think uh, the, between Christmas, I mean, uh, between Thanksgiving and this week um, are probably two of the, um, I don't know, stressful, busy, uh, complicated, um, the complicated. Uh, weeks, days, um, for a couple reasons. One you know, after the end of the regular season, kind of going into the conference championship games, you're really trying to be prepared for your matchup. The, the process, as we've talked about before, has changed over the years, but you still have to re be ready for, you know, 2.30, uh, 2.45 central time on Sunday with all of the information ready for fans and, and the public um, on the selection. So we're typically trying to work on two or three different scenarios uh, last week. And and while that sounds fun, it can also be uh, be a challenge at times. Then once you select, um, for for example, yesterday and today, uh, Iowa has about 10 or 12 of their staff here planning uh, their week here in Nashville. Uh, Kentucky rolls in tonight. They'll be here tomorrow. Uh, so it's hotel planning, uh, meeting room planning, stadium planning, uh, alumni event planning, special events, transportation. Um, all the things that you would suspect uh, when, when you're bringing a, a football team here for several days and uh, to get that planned out. So it's a busy couple weeks, and uh, but it's exciting as well because it's the first time Iowa's been here, and, and certainly uh, we've got a great relationship with Kentucky, and it's always uh, great to have them back. Scott, let's start with Kentucky because they have in the past brought half of the Commonwealth uh, at certain times when they've played here. They've been an incredible fan base. Uh, not many beat it. But they had a weird kind of final third of the season, uh, in in part because of Will Levis's uh, foot injury. Can you tell yet what level of we're coming to Nashville for this bowl game you're getting out of Kentucky? Well, I think from the leadership standpoint, uh, from Mitch Barnhart's office, uh, from Coach Stoops um, and the team, they they were locked in really for a couple of weeks, uh, especially even going into the Louisville game. But that uh, they were hopeful that uh, they could they could play in Nashville this year. So, you know, just from that standpoint, Georgia, I get a really positive feeling. Um, but the way ticket sales work these days. Uh, versus before when, when you really saw the first 72 hours generate 80% of your sales. Now you really see that happen over a longer period of time throughout the month of December. Uh, people can buy when they want. They can buy where they want. Uh, tickets turn over. Um, so it, it's kind of harder to get a good sense other than just kind of a gut feel. I, 
I, I really feel like they're they're going to have a, a solid crowd like they always do here. And, and really, Kentucky and Iowa in, in our business have two of the more reliable, predictable fan bases to follow their team. And, um, you know, we feel like that's our best chance this year to to exceed the 50,000 attendance mark, which uh, we, we've kind of always had an internal goal of trying to exceed each year. Let's talk about Iowa. I, I don't pretend to know a ton, except that I'm a radio junkie and their games have been on WHO, which is a 50,000 clear, 50,000 watt clear channel forever. And they, they are an incredibly loyal group. Um, what do you expect out of them? Well, kind of what you said, I, I really expect a great turnout from their fan base. Um, Ever since we aligned with the Big Ten uh, eight years ago when we had the shared selection with the ACC and the Gator Bowl and now um, exclusively with the Big Ten, uh, year three of a six-year deal, um, boy, Iowa's been the one, uh, and Gary Barta, their longtime AD, uh, that's been a, a, a school and a, and a leadership that has just circled Nashville um, on their postseason destination. And obviously we, we had, we had uh, Iowa selected um, in the COVID year, and obviously it was going to be limited at that time. Um, and uh, we had to cancel the last minute due to an outbreak at, at, at Missouri. So I, I'm really looking forward to hosting them. I, I, they have one of the best reputations as, a, as an organization that's um, just one of the best to host in, in our industry. And, uh, you know, obviously with a, lot, a long tenured AD and a long tenured head coach, uh, you really expect um, a, a great experience with them. And I really think Nashville's a, a destination that their fans obviously have uh, been excited about through their administration and uh, look forward to, to having a lot of black and gold in our city for a few days. Watson, uh, under the who are the hardest working people in Nashville, I'm about 150,000 below guys like Scott Ramsey who's got to be, man, if, if he's not in the top 10, I don't know who is. He's your witness. Go ahead. Well, if you should be honored to be below him because he's one of the top <laughs> dogs. Now, you're, you're below some that you might not want to be honored to be below, but, <laughs> but being below this guy, I think, is yeah. truly an honor because I, I don't know how he keeps up and what he does. Uh, a little about the bowl first, and then I've got a general bowl question. That sure. you won't have to answer if you don't want to, Scott. But are you back to full go now? Are all your festivities, are you back like you were before COVID? I know last year it was working back. Are you full go this year? Is your length of time and all the different festivities in place? Yes. Um, uh, each year, though, Watson, um, you know, as we've talked on this show and others, um, you know, we, we sit down at the end of the, the event and, um, and get feedback from the schools, from the players, from the coaches, from the fans, from our, our board leadership, from the city. And, and we try to kind of tweak and improve. Uh, I think we've done a really good job of that over the 25-year history of the game. Uh, so this year, um, you know, we're going to kind of keep, uh, keep doing what we think uh, we've gotten great feedback on. Um, at the same time, I think what has really emerged from the fan feedback is we really don't have to kind of overplan Nashville. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think when you look at some bowls and when we talk about best practices, a lot of them are investing a, a lot of time, energy and money into kind of creating a, a fan experience um, around their city or their game or their stadium. And, 
uh, we're, we're pretty blessed to have a downtown that can kind of carry that without having to, to reinvent something. Um, so I think, I think in the early years, I think maybe, uh, you know, we, we tried to kind of force and funnel fans uh, to certain places. Now I think our downtown really, really kind of carries the day. I mean, we've got a great, uh, we're really improving our, our, our pregame tailgate area this year. Uh, we're, we're shifting uh, down Broadway, the Battle of the Bands the night before. Um, and then Thursday night, we've got Titans Cowboys. So, I, I mean, I think the city is kind of carrying itself. And honestly, as we're looking forward um, with a new stadium and, and even bigger events, when you're talking national championship and Super Bowls and Final Fours, I think the, the foundation of what we've created here and knowing how fans have responded downtown and, and uh, having that kind of campus kind of feel is really going to be a, a foundational strength to, uh, to our future bids as well. Yeah, and, and to lead to that, um, the, I think it was brilliant. And if it's you, I totally pat you on the back to, to get and the if bow you, if hook up. Brilliant. Well, this was to me to get the bow hook up with the Big Ten and the SEC where you sit was just a no brainer to me uh, because you sit in a. I've been to bowls when our fans couldn't go. It was just too far. And the, the players were all excited, but the one thing was missing was a great group of fans. I remember when we went to the Hawaii Bowl, mm -hmm. we loved it, but we, we just didn't have our people with us. And, uh, being sitting where you're sitting in Nashville in such a place everybody wants to go to, Scott. And then on top of that, the way these two conferences are expanding and kind of leaving people by bringing Oklahoma and Texas in on the SEC side, bringing UCLA and Southern Cal in on the Big Ten side. I don't know how long this goes, but I just think that was it, – it, it's a perfect matchup for Nashville. I don't know if it's going to stay that way. But with it being that way right now and bringing these two in like this, I think it's a perfect matchup. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at the iterations that we've had over time and, you know, sometimes, um, uh, you know, the general fan or the, or the general uh, person who follows the game doesn't really understand that you get kind of locked into either four or six year agreements with your conferences. So, you know, I look back in the, in the, in the mid 2000s when, we transitioned out of the Big Ten because at that time, the way the selection process worked and the newness of Nashville, we just really couldn't get high enough in the order to get a variety of teams to get here. Um, in the ACC, we felt like we got higher in the order and we were able to expose some new fan bases. And then we transitioned back. And, and while we didn't get exclusively with the Big Ten, um, we shared that with, with the Gator Bowl and we saw a great, great response from um, you know, Purdue and Northwestern uh, the first couple of years and obviously had the Iowa cancellation. So, you know, to your point, Watson, we, we really feel like where we are as a city, where we are as a as an event, um, having the Big Ten SEC and one of only three of those postseason uh, that are played, uh, others being Orlando and Tampa, uh, really speaks uh, speaks volumes. And, and through that negotiation, I'll, I'll share with you something that I thought made our city feel pretty proud in that the ADs unanimously voted on on Nashville being high up in their selection over, you know, coastal cities like Jacksonville and San Diego that they had been longtime partners with. So, yeah. you know, you, you typically think of uh, quote unquote beachfront um, in in Florida and California, and to come to Nashville over that made us feel really, uh, uh, re really good and uh, and very positive. So we're looking forward to a really solid run with the Big Ten. 
George, I got one one last thing, and it's more sure. of a philosophical deal, Scott, that really bothers me. And you don't have to comment. I just wanted to bring it up because I'm seeing it all over the country. Uh, when the kids pull out for the NFL, and I, I got it, we lose some players in these bowl games, and it's just not the same teams that come sometimes. Okay, there's some. This transfer portal is getting unbelievable. I've got a friends that have lost 10, 12 players uh, that are not going to bowl games. And it, it's just not something the NC2A needs to do because it's not fair to the bowls to me to, to put this thing on and then the teams not be at full strength. I'm not talking about the Music City Bowl. Yeah, well, I'm talking bowls in general, Scott. It's It's got to be addressed, in my opinion, or we're going to be just watering down the bowls more and more and more, and it just really bothers me. Well, I, I think the difficult discussion and conversation is going to be about what's the postseason really look like with a 12-team playoff. Yep. You know, there, there are a lot of uh, potholes – that, that we need to uh, we need to figure out how we dodge and certainly the the transfer portal is one of them and um, you, you know I, I I would say from our standpoint and why we do the bowl here and everybody could argue bowls playoffs whatever but I think we've always been very upfront as why we did it was we took the slowest week of the year between Christmas and New Year's and used a brand new uh, city-owned facility in the stadium in 1998 to, to bring what's now been 400 million dollars and you know, average of 35,000 out-of-towners. So, you know, I, I think from the business side of what we're doing in, in the city for that, I, I think the potholes that we're going to have to look at, Watson, and not only kind of the player engagement, but how will that impact the fan apathy or lack thereof? You know, will they still want to come and support Iowa, Kentucky, Wisconsin, Auburn, you know, the, the teams that will really do well here. Um, in, a, in a traditional setting. And, and I think that's going to be the hard conversation that we're going to have to have with the conferences and with the school leadership. You know, where does the bowl system fit in with the 12-team playoff? I'm hopeful with a new stadium that we're going to have a lot of opportunities to engage in competitive environments on where our, our game and our city fits in that model. Um, that's still unknown right now because the, the commissioners just haven't determined a structure. Uh, but I, I think where they fit in, when will we play? So if now if you're looking at the 12-team playoff, I mean, are you going to start locking up a lot of, of exclusive time windows with broadcasters, which are going to limit your opportunities? And if you're going to push a lot of the bowls to December 24th and 26th, it's going to be tough to kind of get fans to come to your city. So I, I think um, there's a lot of things around the new structure, I think, with them implementing it in 24. Um, we're going to have to see, is that going to be kind of a two-year reset and then a whole new reset from 26 and beyond? Um, or are we just going to kind of operate as we are and just try to see how it goes with the 12 teams? So um, it's going to happen. Uh, it's going to change. And I, I think Nashville's positioned as well as we possibly could be to take advantage of those changes. But I agree with you. It's, uh, it's getting to be a difficult model, and, and I, I think it, it's impacted the fans. And uh, I think it's impacted um, just kind of the overall event. And um, we'll, we'll see kind of where it lands. Scott, really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. Um, let's see how this all plays out. Let's get good weather. That's one thing uh, <laughs> that always helps. 
I, I, I will say I, the only thing I'm losing sleep over right now, George, is, is Friday's weather. After the game Thursday night with the Cowboys, and we're kicking off at 11 on Saturday, natural grass, we need a little good luck there to kind of get it uh, uh, representative for the, for the game on Saturday. So hopefully we'll, we'll have a good day on Friday to turn the field. I'll speak to the man above and see if he can help us. If not, bring your poncho and we might put a paint can in your hand uh, Friday I afternoon. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Talk to you. Hey, again, thank you for switching some th things around sure. for us. Thanks, sure God. thing. Thanks, guys. We'll talk Scott to you later. Ramsey. He runs the uh, Music City Bowl. And um, uh, by the way, uh, go ahead, Billy, and, and lay the info. Yeah, out there. so Will Levis uh, will not play. In, in the Music City Bowl. He just announced uh, Bruce Feldman had it on Twitter. So Yeah, that's not a big surprise. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. So let me also thank I, – I don't – by the way, I don't think – I don't know how much he would help in the scoring output of, of that game either way. Well, the over-under is 12. 31 and a half right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm taking the under. Me too. <laughs> Mark McGee is another guy I need to thank because he shifted his schedule around – really late in the game to help me. His reward, Watson, is that when we come back and do stat of the day before we interview him, we're going to make him be a part of it. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> this will prove that no good turn goes unpunished. <laughs> you like that? I like that. Stay tuned. This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for Stat of the Day. Had to push it back a little bit, but we've got Mark McGee to help out Georgia Watson on today's Stat of the Day. And it is brought to you by John English Antique Sports and Cards. You can find them in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. They've got everything you need if you're a sports fan, antique and historical sports equipment, games, advertising, and so many other sport-related items. You can also find them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Don't forget, as well, about Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. You can call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. And uh, that leads us to stat of the day. Let's see what Michael's got. As I, I got to scroll through. Let's see when I can find this. There it is. All right, here we go. Who is the youngest NFL quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl? Ooh, so first let's bring Guy in here. Oh, I have no idea on that one. Well, hi, Guy. Hey, what's going on, guys? But no, I'm probably on. Can you all hear me okay? I'm on a different computer. Yeah, no, you're going to be forced to participate in this because we're yeah. going to try to think this through before Billy gongs us. <laughs> um. Watson, right off the bat, um, anything you're thinking of, right off the bat that? Well, we got to we got to put it in the mode of the guys that came out early. Joe Namath was one of the first ones, wasn't he? Didn't he come out early? He was obviously the winner of Super Bowl three. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Joe Cap, Lynn Dawson would certainly not have been there in the Bart Starr, Daryl LaMonica stuff uh, in in the first couple of Super Bowls wouldn't have been it. Um, Earl Morrill was a grizzled oh, old veteran. Johnny Unitas, Earl. United. I think we can eliminate <laughs> a, a bunch of them. It's got to it's got to be one of the young early young guys. So who are the – come on, guys. Who are the early young guys? Who's won Super Bowls? Who were the earlier – Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. All right, but that'd be he, one. But he but didn't he come out graduate, early. He yeah, went he on was, to Wisconsin and graduated. He didn't come out early. Yeah, I'm hearing nothing out of you. About trying to, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking. Well, that's, uh, that's the hard part of this. Did, uh, 
Jefferson Street well, Joe Milton, did he win? Who? No, that was all that was all Bradshaw. Montana was not early. Uh, Steve Young had played in another league before he even came, so it's none of that bunch. No, it's not Stabler because uh, he didn't come out early with Oakland. Pittsburgh, uh, no, not Terry. Not Bradshaw. Terry stayed the whole way through. What about Roethlisberger? No, he played. In the, in, he, Didn't he come out early? I don't think he could. Was like I, I don't know. It seems to me, well, he graduated from Miami of Ohio. Yeah, but I how thought quickly, he came out a year early. How quickly did and he And he won there? quick now. He won quick. Okay. You want to go I'm not saying that. that. I'm just throwing names. I'm not ready to just say him. But okay. he did win quick. I know he was very young when he won it. Okay. Um, what about what, the Ravens? Who were their guys? The Ravens were Trent Dilfer. No, Trent didn't come out early. Trent wasn't was not it. Uh, New York Giants, of course, with Eli. Well, I, I did see there. I did some Mahomes. I did some change just now. Y'all mentioned the right person. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. The right name has been brought up. So you now have cheated. I have cheated, yes, but I want you all know. How, that, how do you well, dang, man. That you mentioned the right person. How do you feel about. Well, hey, Lord, we've mentioned 15. Well, we have. <laughs> Gee, let me <laughs> ask you this. You've been called on, on live air. Why don't you look it up, Gee? You're supposed you to be helping us. It. I could, I could have, I could not have, admitted, I could have just said, so yeah, here's the answer. And See, I don't think that would have worked with my mom. My mom would have uh, given the. Uh, I, I could have sounded really smart and said the answer, but hey, I was like saying, "Hey, I hey, it up." And that's pretty good. Give well, all I can hear my mom. My son is a cheater. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I told. I haven't told the answer, and I told y'all no. that you had. All right, George. Which one of the fifteen we answered? We got to go here. It's either Namath Roethlisberger. You going okay. with that one? Yeah. Oh. All right. Okay. Which Let, one? Let's. Let's put them up there. Yeah. There we go, Watson. There you go. Well, I, I mentioned him. I mentioned 14 others, but. I well, who cares? <laughs> Two weeks in a row, uh, Watson's been wrong. I can't say I won that one now. I, just, I was just naming names. Watson, this is not our first rodeo. No, it's not. So, as we bring Guion, does he get glorious music? Uh, you know what? I can I can pull that up for Gee. Can you? Because I Actually, mean, this, this is time a, around. This is a special appearance. I mean, this was on short notice. He had to change times for me. I I think yeah. Oh, give me a sec. What happened there? I heard the start of it. Give me a sec. Got to okay. got to get the build up going. Yeah, this is yeah. big. Gee, are you fired up? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I always have to drive my laptop. I'm just about to be like, No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. Damn right we will. Watson, that should be our theme music for stat of the day. Yeah, I don't know if we've been defending <laughs> real well. But. No. <laughs> Not too many glorious stats of the day. Not many glorious. We got a lot of scars. We, we do have some scars. Yeah. So, Gee, they have won seven of their last nine games. In, in your opinion, what's causing that? 
Uh, the players, some players that I've said earlier might have not stepped up or stepping up, like DeShane and Johansson, and even Romeosi stepped up and did huge the last few games. He's got four goals and nine assists in uh, his last 10. And uh, so uh, that's that's been the big thing. They've cut down the penalties again from that standpoint. They've had some injury situations. Ryan McDonough's out for two to four weeks with upper body injury. That's a huge blow to the defense. Uh, they brought up uh, – Jordan Gross from uh, Milwaukee. He's 27. He's kind of an older uh, AAA guy. So, uh, but he's he's had limited NHL experience. I think he's played three games here this year, but maybe, but uh, or been a, uh, so uh, you know that's going to be a difference on the defense. I think with with McDonough being out for a while. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But you have some players stepping up that had been stepping up, and uh, that's made a big difference. And they're and this is a team sport. They're playing as a team. They're playing, as a they're playing as a team right now. and um, I think also the rest they've had, I mean, I don't know whether that's going to hurt them or help them later on because they got a lot of games to play in the last part of the season now because of that. they played three games in the last 14 days. So they've had plenty of time to work on any problems they had. And one problem they do have is the penalty kill. Is, I mean, excuse me, power play is, is really off. They are like 28th in the league in the power play, and last year they were sixth. So uh, they really, that was one thing I hope they worked on. Uh, they got a power play go the other night. So hopefully they've worked on that uh, quite a bit in this, in this time they've had off. It's a rare, it's almost like the all star break in a way. So uh, they've actually had, they've been able to practice. So uh, you see how that works out because they've got those two games now they have to make up. Uh, one, one could be, I think the Avalanche game could right now, if nothing changes, would be officially the last game of the NHL regular season. Uh, next year uh, in 2023, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how a lot works out. But right now, everything, they, everything they, they I think the time off helped them out a little bit to regroup, uh, to rethink what they're doing, and they're right, and they're playing pretty strong. And they're playing a Tampa Bay team tomorrow night. That's you know the Predators are 12 9 2, and Tampa Bay's 59 1. Uh, so there's not much difference though. The Predators are fifth in the Central, and the and Tampa Bay is fourth in the Atlantic. Guy, in your opinion, and that's really all I'm asking for here, <laughs> is this just a moment in the sun, or is this the start of something better? I'm hoping, like I said, when I said a couple weeks ago, well, last week, I said December was going to decide a lot about this team. Right now, I like what I'm seeing from them in December. Uh, they you know, they started out, they, they overtime win in New Jersey, uh, one of the toughest teams in the league. They go to the Islanders and went four to one uh, with uh, Kevin Lankinen in goal. And, you know, so, I mean, they hopefully this is going be can start with some momentum. Uh, are they uh, right now? They're fifth. They're out in the, in the conference. And, you know, they, they've got to make some big moves there, but they got some big games in December that can help them move up if they can win those games. So they're, they're playing well on the road right now. So I'm hoping, in my opinion, I feel like I'm trying to be positive. I think that maybe this is the start of something good. We'll see. Because they got Tampa Bay on the road, then they come back and play Ottawa, and Ottawa's not living up to its expectations. Uh, there were a lot of people that felt like they might be much better this time around, but not so much right now. So they've got a chance to hopefully make this four in a row, uh, five in a row. But Tampa's uh, Tampa's not invincible anymore, and so they've got a really good chance to possibly go down there and take them out. Steve Stamkos is a big guy for Tampa, and he's got a uh, 14 goals and 16 assists. So you stop him. We've got a chance maybe to, to take Tampa out. 
Yusi's uh, playing better, isn't he? He is. He is. He's playing, he is playing much better. The goaltending, it's always you know, it's been solid, but he's playing much better right now. And uh, Kevin Lankinen is, is a good backup. I mean, he's 3-3, three three, but he's a good backup. He's much. There, I think they're much more confident in Kevin Lankinen than they ever were in David Richter last year. So I think Lankinen is a good, has been a, been a good offseason addition. I don't think they'd mind playing him. I mean, they played him against the Islanders. On the road, and that showed me a lot that they were willing. They felt confident he could maybe win that game for them because the Islanders no pushover. He gives up one goal to Matt Barcel in the third period, and Matt Barcel is one of the best players the Islanders have. So uh, I've seen him play in person; he's impressive. So uh, uh, up in up in, uh, up in uh, Long Island. So, but so yes, I think I'm hoping right now this is a sign of things to come. That maybe this team might finally have it all together. Watson, say hello to Gee. Gee, have they? I hadn't seen the game, so I can't. I got to rely on you to help me with this. Have they settled on lines? The last time we talked, They're they were jumping there. everywhere. Has he settled in with this practice time and There's off the, time? Because they, they've had more time off probably than anybody in the league. Well, they, they've had uh, more time off than anybody in the league. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. So they should have taken advantage of this. Days, they I, have. Think, I don't know if they really – I don't know if he ever really completely settles on lines. I think he's always going to take the pose a little bit from that standpoint. So, uh, I, But uh, I think that right now, you know, most of the penalties have been on defense for a week he's out on defense and then um, – um, McDonald's out. So, um, and I think, I don't know about, I, I've got to check my lines more uh, the last couple of games, but I don't think that he's completely settled on what he wants line wise, but I think he's getting closer. Gee, what do you see? Because you're, you, you're a hockey guy and I'm learning it or trying to learn it. When, when these teams, and I see it a lot in hockey, they seem to get on runs. Uh, more than other sports, I see hockey teams go. Six, seven, all of a sudden, then they'll settle back down. Then all of a sudden, here they go again. When the runs start, what really makes it? Is it the goalie? Is the number one thing the goalie? Or what do you see when somebody gets hot uh, or, or not? Is it just luck of the draw? Or what one thing seems to come together to get them going? Well, a hot goaltender is always a starting point. If you have solid goaltending, you, solid goaltending erases a lot of mistakes uh, that, you, that you might make and and saves a lot of sins from that, forgives a lot of sins from that standpoint. But I think one thing that one thing you have to have, you know, this is a team sport. This is a team sport right now. You know, you've got McDavid and Drysyle, two of the top players playing for Edmonton right now. And Edmonton is struggling to to keep pace with the rest with it. And so, you know, it, it, having one or two players are great. It's a help, but this is a team sport. So the whole team has to start clicking. And that's what the Predators have done. They feel confident right now. I think they build on that confidence. And that makes a huge difference for them. Yeah. And the other thing to me, Gee, is what do we – hopefully we don't make the same mistake we made last year with Soros and overdoing. Well, I uh, think – I know I think right now it doesn't matter because we've had so much time off. We're fine. But it made me think when you said that we're going to get thrown into the end of the year with a lot of games that we got to make up through this water deal. Um uh, Hopefully we'll rest him, and you seem to think that our backup goalie is better than the one we've had. So maybe they'll use him more uh, in in January, December. Maybe not as much now because we've had time off, but January, February, and not kill Source because I mean, man, he's 
when I watch us play really good, he plays great. Well, that's I mean, that's he's not good. Game. He's great. He makes plays everywhere. Well, that's and, the game. Uh, that's what makes. I mean, that's why that you know, if you have a hot goaltender, you got got it whipped. And, you know, some teams that are pretty good. Some good teams they're struggling with their goaltending right now, and so you know, uh, so the Predators should be very happy with the one-two punch they have right now. I think Lankinen is a player that they can feel confident with. I think that they can feel confident in putting him in. Uh, in situations more so than Richter. I mean, way more so than Richter. So I think that, you know, I, I don't think they'll be as, as afraid to throw Lankinen out there. Because I think last year they realized that Searles just gave out at the end. I mean, uh, I think he did because he didn't play near as well at the end as he was he playing. He got injured. Got, you know, yeah, and he got, got hurt too. He did. A lot of times but sometimes you get hurt when you get tired too. And I just, I don't know that. We in this area understand, as Preds fans, how lucky we've been to have Rini, Peckett Rini, and now Soros through these years as our goalies. I mean, think about that. I don't know if anybody can go a one-two punch like that through a 10-year period well, like the Preds can. That's unbelievable to me. Think about Thomas Bokun as well. Oh, that's true. Bokun's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, so and Bakun was the throw in in the expansion draft. He was in, he would, uh, they wanted Sebastian Bordalo, and Montreal said, Well, you want Sebastian Bordalo, who's now an assistant with the Predators. You want Sebastian, then you've got to take uh, Thomas. So. That, that's absolutely crazy. Gee, what a thrill it must have been to participate in Stat of the Day. It all, it all two weeks in a row I've done that. So, <laughs> two weeks in a row. I, uh, we'll make you a regular. Thrilled to have Wasso on my show Saturday morning. It was great. He did a great job on there. Uh, I'm sorry that Iowa made it in. I know that was not your choice to to make the music uh, city bowl, but you know, well, you can't have everything. I guess I'm cool with it. Yes, I, I'm I'm yeah. easy to please. I go with the flow. Kentucky's in. Lord, no mercy. Oh my goodness! What a so, no, it's a. Uh, it could be. I would like to see what happens the next couple of days. I mean, if they go down beat Tampa, that would be you know make it four in a row and win on the road again. And so I think you know then come back and beat Ottawa. That's a pretty nice little string start December, which a lot of people feel like litmus test. I've said before they feel like at the thirty first of December we're going to know what this team is like. Gee, appreciate it as always. Great stuff. Great, thank you, thank you. Let's move me around time wise. It's like a Rolling crap game or something. Well, a lot of stuff happened today. I'll just. <laughs> All right. I got you with a couple of curveballs. Yeah. See, see you. Guys. All right. See you, Mark. Okay. When we come back, Watson, it's a standard of excellence. The plaster bet of the day. And it comes up next on Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com.
at WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. We pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Durad Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome, used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show final segment here on this Wednesday show. Of course, Better the Day is always brought to you by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, they have aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, at your workplace, or on unsafe property, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. All right, let's take a look at what happened last night, George. Wisconsin got it done over Maryland last night. It was not Minnesota, as the graphics said yesterday. But the Badgers get it done, and George, you're three games above 500 now. This is a big time right now. Excellence. This is Well, you know, I, I, I've gotten lucky on some college basketball. Yeah, early. have you missed in college basketball that, yet? You know, it's been crazy. I've gone, you know, I, I've 
plucked a few out of thin air because the truth of it is at this time of the year, nobody knows for sure. Oh, it's anybody's guess. Last night, I took Wisconsin because they've always been really tough at home. And um, the Cole Center. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, there we are. And let's look at where we're going tonight. Oh, not that one. Uh, no. <laughs> not good. Not taking the Music City Bowl. No, we're not. Um, let's see. I got this graphic somewhere. Yeah, the, the little switcheroo here. Let's see if we can switcheroo it. Who are you taking tonight, George? I would be taking the UNLV running Rebels. Oh, maybe I didn't get that one up there. Oh. Anyway, Watson, I will take UNLV minus seven and a half at home against Hawaii. Hawaii's been real good for me this year, so go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you, another college hoops game, right? You seem subdued about no, the standard I'm, I'm, of excellence. I'm, I'm just sitting here just admiring you. And Is that so? And how, <laughs> how good you are at this. Uh, question. Legit. Not, not sure. Giving you a hard time. Just a question. question. Yeah. Which one do you think is the easier sport to bet? Football, basketball, or baseball? Baseball, but it's the trickiest because it's easy. Well, then to how stay. do you call it the easiest if it's well, the trickiest? Here, here's what I mean by that. You know, you're you're going more on pitchers. If Justin Verlander is pitching, it's easy to say that the team he pitches for is likely to win. The flip side in real betting is if you're wrong, you're going to pay more for it. Yeah, I can see that. I guess. That's where that's where baseball gets more dangerous than the other two. But it is, in theory, the easiest of the of the. Is big. that you saying that, or is that kind of the general I think, thought process? I would think that's a universal feeling, except that what you have are a lot of people, Watson. I think that gamble because of football. Football is the sport that drove all of this. People who do the other sports, that I think the ones that bet all the sports would say baseball is the easiest. A good example of it is Scherzer in the playoffs last year. Uh, I think it was the first game he pitched. I mean, everybody, I'm sure there was some money put on him, but he just kind of folded. He didn't show up. And right. That's the dangerous part. Yeah, sometimes that'll happen. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's where we are for today. Let me thank everybody who helped me in the old switcheroo because we had a bunch of stuff happen uh, at the 11th hour that forced a lot of switcheroos. Tomorrow, we'll get more into whatever the latest developments are on John Robinson's situation, the fired general manager of the Titans. We'll also have our first prolonged visit from the College Basketball Insiders. Ron Bargatze, Lee Fowler. Watson, behave. See you tomorrow. I will will behave, George. Thank you. Billy, you behave as well. I'll try to, George. Have fun tonight. All of you behave. This is Main Street Media Television.